0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Applied Botanics, premium, consistent, and affordable wellness for all. Take care of your health and wellness, not only because the new year is upon us, but because you owe it to yourself. Each of their products features a specialized formula with targeted terpenes to give you a CBD experience that helps you live happy and healthy, and just newly added to their CBD lines in addition to their drops are new topicals that you can roll on and edibles to help you find your balance. Visit AppliedBotanics.com today and use code word project at checkout to receive 30% off your first order. Applied Botanics live happy and healthy. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and landscaping services located on 7 Kern Street in Exeter, Pennsylvania, just down the street from Blue Ribbon Dairy. Open through the winter, offering gift cards, poinsettia centerpieces, tropical holiday sleighs, pictures with Santa and more. And if you are looking for snow removal services, they can take care of that, too. Do not break your back this winter. Contact Kellers today and visit their social media pages for more info and hours of operation. My guest today is Mike LaRosa, Director of Brewing Operations at New Trail Brewing Company in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. We get into why New Trail Brewing Company chose Williamsport as their home, how and why they are able to release a new beer every week, How Mike himself landed at New Trail Brewing Company, how the brewery gets involved in their community, getting through COVID-19, what they have planned for 2022, and so much more. If you get nothing else from this podcast other than having one of their beers and visiting their tasting room, then I've done my job. Welcome to the show, Mike LaRosa, Director of Brewing Operations of New Trail Brewing Company in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. With Mike LaRosa? Yes. Is that how you say Mike LaRosa? Yep, Mike LaRosa. He is the director of brewery operations for New Trail Brewing Company in uh,
1: Williamsport, correct? Yep, Williamsport, Pennsylvania.
0: Very cool. And uh, I'm excited for this, um, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I don't know you, and you know me, so we should have a, a nice conversation. But um, this podcast is primarily, uh, it focuses on music, musicians and artists and things like that. And um, so like 85% of my podcasts are related to music, but I created the Popco project to kind of highlight, um, you know, things in and around Northeastern Pennsylvania and even beyond. uh, But highlighting, you know, things that people can do and experience and um, New Trail Brewing Company is fairly new to our area. Um, And I'm a big fan of beer. Uh, I actually have some New Trail. Oh, nice. This is the... uh, Yellow Blazer. Yeah, I'm going to yep. start off heavy here. It's uh, 8.8 ABV. Ahead, I have a uh, uh, Haystacks, Hazy IPA. Big mm-hmm. fan of the hazy stuff these days. These are probably actually out of season because I feel like you guys are releasing a beer or two every single
1: week. It's uh, it's generally one or two a week. Um, Yellow Blazer would have been two weeks ago, maybe three now, which is still still well within within code for us. Sure. uh haystacks i'd have to go back and look It's. i'd have to say it's probably at least a month or two old at this point but i i can't remember off the top of my head to be honest i i uh since we do a, a new beer every week or sometimes two beers a week i sometimes have a, a bit of a fishbowl memory when it comes to when things were <laughs> i'm worried about four to eight weeks from now more than i am right about now yeah well, we had this scheduled
0: uh, a few months ago. Um, That's right. We had it rescheduled, no big deal. So I had a bunch uh, stashed away. Um, I drank a, a few of them, so...
1: I'd hope so. Been, it's probably <laughs> been about a month or
0: so. Yeah, it's great beer. Uh, and a lot of these beers seem to be high in ABV. Not a lot, but, I mean, I mean, a lot of the most recent ones have been pretty heavy.
1: Yeah, generally between, like, end of October to December... We hit a lot of heavy hitters when it comes to um, double IPAs, which for us generally means above 8% and below 10.5%. So if I remember correctly, Yellow Blazer is a hazy double. It's our collaboration with um, Hitchhiker. Those guys are out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you haven't been to see them or had their beer, uh, they do distribute it. It is fantastic. But Yellow Blazer, more specifically was a uh, double IPA brewed with oats and white wheat. We uh, hopped heavily with Citra and Nelson Sauvin. So Nelson Sauvin is a pretty neat hop. It's from uh, New Zealand. It's, I'd say, probably about 10 years old now. It's really known for its like vineyard white wine character characteristics as well as having like a really earthy, dank weed sort of characteristic. So that plays really well with Citra, which is kind of like the the cheater hop, which I I, I love citra immensely because it's so diverse. Really, it can it kind of plays with everything. It's got everything from like orange, tangerine, grapefruit, and it blends nicely into like a, a pine resin. It really just depends on how you use it, when you use it, how much you use. So kind of like home base for us.
0: Yeah, I could definitely taste that white wine that you mentioned.
1: <clears throat> but yeah, Nelson is an awesome hop.
0: Yeah. But cheers.
1: Yeah. Cheers. I'm drinking, um, I'm drinking lazy river pills, which is our, our, uh, flagship pilsner brewed with uh German pilsner malt. It has a bit of citra, my, my favorite hop as well as tetanang, which is a uh, German hop known for it's like, um, I call it noble spice characteristics, It's kind of like a tea quality. So they mm-hmm. kind of blend well together. It's yeah. kind of just kissed with hops. It's not, not overly, uh, overly bitter, overly hoppy. It just, uh, is beer flavored beer that has a little bit of hop to it. Very cool. Yeah.
0: So I mentioned that New um, Trail has been around for about three and a half years. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, three and a half. We're coming up on four, and uh, well, our first, our fourth year would start. I believe I brewed the first batch January seventh, three and a half years ago. So, okay, we're coming up on two months. Wow, very cool. Yeah, it's November thirtieth today, month and month and a few days.
0: Yeah. So in your Williamsport, what is there? You know, why Williamsport?
1: Why do we choose Williamsport? Yeah. So, my, yeah, my business partners have been um, doing business in Williamsport and North Central Pennsylvania for over 20 years now. They, their first business uh, was a nightclub that started about 20 or 22 years ago now. I want to say, I guess it would be 20 years ago now. And they, became very prominent restaurateurs up in this area. They've, they've owned probably about 15 liquor licenses. And they, uh, they found me, uh, five years ago now as a consultant, they asked me to come up and help out with their brewery project. And we got along and worked well together and I fell in love with Williamsport. So now I'm here, but they chose Williamsport 20 years ago before the gas boom, before a lot of the, the industry happened up here um because of its beauty i mean the uh, on top of the you know uh, aside from the people being very very pleasant very nice north central pennsylvania is really well known for its um outdoors right we have some of the best um trails for biking and hiking there's a hundred creeks around here if you want to go kayak um some of the best camping is in the area in pennsylvania up here so we can um we can go up to uh Cherry Springs, and in about forty minutes, which is one of the darkest places in Pennsylvania. So sometimes you can see the uh, Northern Lights from there. It's got some of the best views of the constellations as well. So it's all right here for us.
0: Now, is that why you guys named it uh, New Trail? Because obviously the mm-hmm. um, the New Trail is very um, outdoorsy. Um, all the beer. I mean, I have I had a I've upstairs too. It's a thing it's called Tent Zipper. Yep. <clears throat> But um, you know, Haystacks is one.
1: Yep, Haystacks um, is a location up here. It's uh near World's End.
0: That's cool. I never really um, spent much time in Williamsport um, it's other fun. than passing through. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's fun. It's worth, a, it's worth a visit. I mean, I don't know where you passed. I guess you could pass through to the Finger Lakes or if you're going to New York or Canada from... from you're yeah. Coming from Scrant- you're coming from Scranton?
0: Yeah, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so if you're going west, you pass through. us. Right yeah, I'm
0: sure if I was going to like State College, right?
1: Yep, State College is right by us. We're about 40 minutes from State College, 30, 40 minutes from State College.
0: Yeah, so I, I did see that you guys released like a whiteout uh, beer.
1: Yeah, um, so actually whiteout, um, the beer, I believe we brewed it for the first time two years ago, not as a Penn State beer. It was released as a, uh, as a winter double sure. IPA because of whiteouts, right? right. I mean, where, where their whiteout comes from or the idea of it, and we, you know, being so close to Penn State, we were like, well, you know, fuck it, like, let's, we're, you know, a lot of us are Penn State fans, and uh, we're like, let's redo the label and release it for the Whiteout game, and I have to say, that's probably the biggest headache that I've had my entire year was Whiteout, because we must have gotten 500 phone calls about, do you have the Penn state beer? Do you have the Penn state beer? And like, we only did enough for Penn state and we, we held a little bit for our brewery and I'm still hearing about it today. And that was (laughs) two months ago, but it was a lot of fun. Will you produce more next year then? Or Uh, we will produce more next year for the whiteout game, but we are also releasing whiteout in its original intention. And I think three weeks I can pull that release date up actually right now. Will that be the same beer? It's the same beer. We just okay. changed the the label to look more Penn Statey during the Penn State times. Sure. Uh let's see, White Out releases. We
0: well, heard it here. If you are interested in the White Out beer for Penn State, you can get it in a couple of weeks from
1: now. We will it'll be released with its its winter uh label, not with the Penn State label. But uh we will be releasing it to the market the week of January tenth. Okay. So most people see it sometime between January 13th and January 21st. Got it.
0: Now, we we talked about you guys doing a beer release every week. I mean, that sounds like a lot of work. I mean, people yeah. do, you know, a handful of seasonals. They have like their their flagship beers, but like I I am like in the beer store, I'm guilty. I'm there probably once a week. Maybe I drink too yeah. much, but um
1: I think about this.
0: What's that I so said, you're keeping me in business, yeah. I mean, I, I just every time I'm in there, I see a new beer on the shelf, yeah. and uh, I believe you're distributed by uh, some of my friends at LT Verastro. Yep. Um, they're great,
1: yeah. They're our, our wholesaler in your yep. area,
0: yeah. They're great people. Uh, I've yeah, had the pleasure absolutely. to know Pat Verastro for a long time. Oh, nice. Um, Steve Eschelman, I'm not sure if you've worked with him. Um, no. Some of the beer reps there I've, I've, I've run into and worked with in the past too. But I mean, <clears throat> what's the what's the motivation behind releasing a new beer every week?
1: Um, my funny answer is that it's like, I just really enjoy herding drunk cats. But <laughs> uh, it, it allows for a lot of creativity, right? I mean, like a lot of breweries focus on making the same beer over and over and over again, which can be a bit cumbersome for the brewers cause they don't get to try new hops or get to experiment with a new technique of some sort and having the, um, the freedom to have a new beer to kind of play with every week really um, allows us to, uh, to be, to do really whatever we want. So right.
0: that's the fun answer too, I think do whatever yeah. you want do whatever uh, you want yeah i yeah. mean I, I i just i see it and i'm like i don't know how they have like the <clears throat> the motivation to keep doing it it's like it's a lot of work i mean people think that beer happens literally overnight and i I mean i used to do home brewing, uh way back when like probably 11 years ago with a good buddy of mine and um it, you know I, I don't have obviously the fermentation tanks and all the kind of equipment you guys do but i remember doing it it was a fun afternoon with hanging out with the guys making the beer and we had to let it sit for however many days it was. And then the yield off of it, it's like, you know what? Like, this was fun. It tastes good. But the amount of time and effort and like, you really weren't, it wasn't a cost savings by any means. It's like, I'd rather just go out and buy a case or a six pack of, of good. Oh, certainly. Up. I mean,
1: homebrewing is certainly a labor of love. I don't really think that you make out better cost wise if you don't value your time yeah. for, uh, for homebrewing but it's a lot of fun. It's great. It's a great hobby. And and brewing, you know, brewing beer professionally is, is very much the same way. Like I was saying, you were asking when Haystacks was, was released. And I'm like, I honestly, I can't even remember because I'm, I've got beer in the tanks right now that's coming out next week, the following week and two weeks after that. So I'm, I'm living between not even really this week, this week's already been planned and done and I'm working on the following, the following four weeks to four months. So. A lot of planning and, and effort goes into it. I mean, most IPAs for us take grain to glass anywhere from, for lucky, 13 days, but it's more realistically 14 to 18 days from the time that we actually brew the, the liquid to produce between fermentation, dry hopping, cold conditioning, and packaging. But we, yeah. we, we definitely pride ourselves on... Having beer into the market faster than than most people, I mean a lot of the times our beer is being packaged on Monday and shipped to the wholesalers on Tuesday
0: Wow,
1: yeah, so it's really hit I mean realistically, it could hit a shelf Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday morning in some cases gotcha
0: and for people who are watching and listening to this, um, can you tell us a little bit about the process of of a beer you know from grain to glass like you had mentioned
1: sure yeah, so so brewing itself sort of comprises of, um, let's say, three main steps. There's brewing, fermentation, and packaging, but each step has a lot of sub-steps. So brewing itself is about an eight-hour process. So you start with milling um, uh, milling malted barley uh, and mixing that milled malted barley with hot water, And you're creating what's called a mash. And the mash uh, is essentially just like a big vat of oatmeal in consistency. And what we're doing is we're extracting proteins, enzymes, flavor, and sugars from uh, the milled malted barley that's now in the mash. We then recirculate that mash so that we can clarify the work. It kind of creates like a coffee filter thing. And then from there, we take just the liquid and transfer that into a separate vessel called the kettle, which boils the, the what we now call wort, W-O-R-T, which is just a fancy word for sugar water. We, while we're boiling the wort, we can add hops, sugar, fruits, spices, really anything you can think of into the wort during the kettle because it sanitizes it because it's boiling. And then after it's been boiled, it gets whirlpooled, cooled down. So we can then transfer the liquid, the liquid wort, through a heat exchanger to bring it from ferment or from basically boiling temperatures to a uh, temperature that the yeast can sustain, which is generally somewhere between 50 and 75 degrees for most yeasts. So that moves us into the second main step of brewing, which is fermentation. Brewers like to say that we brewers make wort and, and yeast makes beer. Like we don't actually make the beer yeast does because yeast does all the, the heavy lifting in making the alcohol. So yeast eats the sugar in the wort and creates two things. It creates alcohol and CO2. And once it's finished its fermentation, that generally means that it stops producing CO2 and the yeast will uh basically fall dormant and fall out of the beer and that's where we will add hops for ipas it's called dry hopping we can dry hop the beer then or we can send it straight into cold conditioning which would be like lagering for a pilsner or a marzin oktoberfest any of those sorts of beers which will sit cold for a long period of time but most beers like ales will be cold you know let's say i I cold crash the beer on monday it's transferable 24 24 hours after it's spent 24 hours cold so we'll we'll transfer the beer from fermentation into the conditioning tanks and from the conditioning tanks uh we package the beer and for us packaging beer really means hooking up a line to the bottom of the tank and sending it through our canning line or sending it through to kegs it sounds so easy but it's not <clears throat> it's really not no but it, you know to a me, lot of it's, science right uh, a lot of science, a little bit of creativity, a lot of, you know, a lot of hard work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just love, like, <clears throat> it, like as I mentioned about home brewing. It, it was a lot of fun. And I'm sure the process is like a lot cooler with, you know, a bigger facility, bigger tanks and, and a, a nice, like clean process. But I just think uh, the idea of a brewery is so like, I don't know, it's like, <clears throat> it's almost like a part of a community. And I think beer in general is that that thing that, um, you know, brings people together. So it kind of makes sense. I mean, you know, we're talking about New Trail being in Williamsport, being a great place, you know, hiking in the trails, stars, nighttime, all that kind of stuff. Like, what do you guys as a brewery provide to the area outside of just a great beer?
1: Yeah, I mean, we um, we focus a lot on our local community, or at least we try to, um, we are partners for um, businesses that like to do fundraisers. We're always, you know, helping out with pretty much anybody that, that contacts us with a raffle basket, donation basket. We try to be good partners that way. Um, we're partners to the local economy. We, we draw a lot of tourism into Williamsport, I, I'd say. There's actually, at the hotels downtown, they're actually running a, a new trail rate. If you're, if you're coming into town and you're specifically coming to see us, they will provide you a special rate in the hotels to, to spend the night. So, that you know, that's people shopping at local businesses. That's people going to, to local restaurants. There's That means that um, people are spending money in Williamsport. And then the other thing we're doing is we're trying to partner with as many people outside of our community as possible. So we, we just recently partnered with the Parks in, PA Parks and Forests foundation which is uh kind of like the fundraising arm i believe for the uh pennsylvania state forest and pennsylvania state park program so um recently i don't know if you followed our our social media or if you've been following what beers we've been releasing we've released now i think five state park beers and we're raising money specifically for those parks so a dollar from every case sold from us is going directly back to those parks so i think Um, each park has a specific project that we're fundraising for. Forgive me for not remembering which one we're doing right now. I'll help
0: help you out. I I did take notes. I did have notes prepared. Yeah, it's
1: a cook. We just released cook forest and I can't remember what that project's for. I think it might be for it's helping save the PA state tree. Oh, okay. For the hemlock tree, the Eastern hemlock. Yeah. 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 So that um, those are the things that we're, that we're trying to do for our community. You know, on top yeah. of being a, a local job provider, we've, we've, um, we employ 35 people right now, I think. That's awesome. So, I mean, when we started three and a half years ago, it was a team of three to five, I'd say. So we've created, we've created, um, 30 jobs in the last three years.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I, that's why, that's what I'm trying to get at is like, I think breweries it, it as itself, like not only great beer, but you know, they're. Helping their communities, they're providing jobs and and you mentioned like the people like a cool place will pull people to you know drive an hour drive an hour and a half
1: yeah and, and, for sure and we we definitely you know tried to be that place especially for our community we tried to be something that that did not exist in our community we tried to provide a space in a in a rundown area that that really wasn't um, booming with with local business to try to draw more people there. Specifically, we're in a industrial warehouse complex that houses, I think, five other businesses. But we're, we're drawing people to a whole other side of town. Like, oh, one of the main things that people say when they come into their tasting rooms, like, oh, my God, I had no idea this is back here. You know, if they're local, but if they're driving, Google, you know, right. generally tells them where to go.
0: As far as getting your name out there, what do you do outside of, you know, utilizing social media and word of mouth?
1: Oh, uh, it's been a lot of word of mouth. Actually, we haven't done a lot of traditional uh, marketing avenues. We definitely have done like billboards. Um, we have a few sales reps for the company, and then uh, we partnered with seven wholesalers throughout the state. So each set of wholesalers has anywhere from five to to twenty salespeople. So that certainly helps people to. While those reps aren't necessarily only going out there and beating the street and talking about neutral, it certainly doesn't hurt that there's another person kind of fighting in our corner. Um, but it's just been a lot of word of mouth. We, we definitely sponsor uh, lots of outdoor things. So more specifically, we do a lot of um, trail runs. So like uh, PA Trail Dogs sure. or the Heiner View Challenge, one of the larger um, trail running competitions in the country. We, we sponsor the race and that's free beers at the end of the race. But it's also just being a uh, financial sponsor for them as well. so
0: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're great for the area. And that's why I, I just, I, I love like breweries that like do that. I just think they have a great opportunity to, to really, you know, oh, this will work for your, for your brand, but um, you know, lay some roots and
1: uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: It just, yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, I love it. I, I mean, I'm a huge fan. Of, I was just that. Kate May Brewing Company uh over the weekend has oh, on a vacation. So um the same kind of con- not concept, but I mean it's a brewery, they're very um into their community. And um for sure. Actually, just...
1: my friend is one of the managers for the brewery there. Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I yeah, got a got a bunch of beer, brought it back home. Um one of my favorite beers and 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 um I had not visited yet, uh, but brew dog. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that yeah, brand I'm right or not. The, the um, but I just think they have a, a cool, um, thing going there and I am yeah, hoping they, can... yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, I'm glad you mentioned that, but I think they, their location they have closest to our area is in Pittsburgh, they just opened up that right before the pandemic hit, uh, I think March of 2020, but, uh, yeah, I
1: believe their production facilities in Ohio, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, their U S production yep. facilities in Ohio. Yep.
0: Yeah. They have an interesting concept as far as like, and it's like, I don't know how I feel about it because it's it seems like weird, but like it's they call it equity for punks, so you can be an investor. But nope. I don't. I mean, I don't know how much you know when you think of investing and there's like a <clears throat> a chance of loss and reward. But I don't think that pertains to that concept. It's very strange, but people love the brand and they they you know pay to have shares in in the the company. So I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I just I just love the concept. I think. Brewers have a, a, a great vibe and they have an opportunity to create just cool branding, which you guys have done. You know, it's a cool logo. It's got the the footprint or the boot uh print in mm-hmm. the logo. But uh, I mentioned, you know, brew dog opening a, a, a location or a, a brew pub, you know, right before the pandemic. Um I, I hate talking about it because I feel like every podcast that I do, I'm talking about, you know, the the, the pandemic and COVID nineteen and the effects that it has had on on businesses and and people because I mean, it's, it's a global pandemic, so we're, it's for kind sure. of a part of our life. So, I mean, what <clears throat> what did you guys go through when that hit back in March of 2020?
1: Yeah, it's been a hard two years as far as um, living in uncertain times in business. You know, we, um, we were fortunate that we were set up for distribution with wholesalers prior to the pandemic that we weren't necessarily relying on people to walk in our doors to spend their money over our bar. But we, uh, we definitely saw a hit happen with a lot of our uh, restaurant partners that were serving kegs of our beer, you know, all of a sudden that goes away. But at the same time, we were fortunate in that we were set up to sell beer at Wegmans per se, or, or, um, or giant or Acme or your local bottle shop or, or um, distributor because they, were considered essential and we initially thought that we were going to take a really hard hit, but ultimately it was just a lot of pivoting and it's, you know, we were driving a pretty big boat at that time and we were trying to veer it left or right really quickly just based off of every week by week change and we've grown to be a a much larger boat and in that time and it's been uh, harder and harder to steer the ship. When the the hits come, but we've sure. we, we've made out okay. We um, buckled down and focused on distribution.
0: Were you forced to have any layoffs or anything at that? Uh,
1: not many. Uh, initially, there there were a few layoffs. We weren't um, quite sure what was going to happen, but uh, as soon as we were comfortable, we we brought back on those employees, and we ended up hiring more. We've been expanding pretty consistently over the last uh, few years.
0: You should give uh, your rep at LT uh a kiss or a, a good a ah, Christmas present. Adam. I uh, yeah. I walked in the Wegmans, I mentioned Wegmans before, and I have a picture on my phone because it was a, an end cap. Oh yeah. So for those of you listening or watching that don't know what an end cap in a store is, it's it's the end of an aisle that you see like you know for sale, you know uh, items. Uh, so the beer aisles oh. are the same thing, and it was like literally. A full end cap. I think it was like four or five shelves, and just a big
1: stack of new trail. Yeah, we uh, we certainly love our Wegmans. Yeah, um, it's a great store. It's an awesome store. But we uh, we also really like our our local shops. too. we we definitely don't want to see people choosing to buy beer specifically over them. By you know, we want to support local as much as we can. I guess, so of course. We're
0: yeah. So, I mean, when you guys were starting out and you had restaurants around you, I mean, was it pretty easy to get your beer into their restaurants, especially as a, a local partner?
1: Uh, locally, it wasn't overly difficult, I'd say. Uh, the, the initial model of New Trail was to produce five beers. So Originally, we were going to produce Lazy River Pills, uh, Trail Ale, which is our American Amber Ale, White Ale, which is Belgian-style White Ale sob hill which was an american ipa and every once in a while we were going to brew this beer called broken heels and um we went with that model for about six to eight months and um at that time i was still sort of consulting with, with my partners i wasn't i wasn't brought on as a partner business partner at that point and uh right as i was coming on i was like you know really Hazy IPA is where everything's going. And they were like, yeah, you know, Hazy IPA is cool. And I was like, just let me start experimenting. And that was like, like that. The the business changed overnight as soon as we were like, let's start experimenting with Hazy IPA.
0: That's amazing. Five beers a year. And now you're doing basically five a month.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Well, I mean, it was five. We were doing, there was other beers during that time. Like we produced um, Moonlit, which was our Imperial Stout. Um, Belgian Triple, uh, there was a few other beers in that time too. Sunrise, which was a Baltic porter with uh local coffee and there's another beer. I can't remember, but they weren't, they were never, those beers weren't supposed to be year round beers. They were just one off beers. Right.
0: Yeah. Moonlit was good. I had that a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a store nearby. It's uh, called um, Plaza beverage in Pittston. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of the best craft beer, um, uh, distributors, I think, around our area. You know, we have Sabatini's; it's really good. Um, probably a handful of other ones, but yeah. I mean, they—they. They, I don't know how they how they get through all of it because there's there's so much to choose from. And you know, saying that, like, how do you? <clears throat> I feel like the crappier industry went through a huge you know, boom, and it's still. I still feel like it's still. It's not coming down. Um. You know, how do you guys try and cut through all the the noise, so to speak, as far as like setting yourself apart from others, or does that not important to you? You just you know focus on creating a good beer and position yourselves in the right places, and and you know the beer will sell itself. Or you know, how does that work from, from that standpoint?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, we have always just tried to be ourselves. I guess I uh, I have a pretty strong brewing background i've been brewing professionally now for about 12 years so it's i've been um i've been all over the mid-atlantic and really this was a fun project for me to kind of make the beer that i wanted to make so i i didn't you know while we're always looking at what new trends are i'm very interested and focused on just being us and creating cool company culture
0: yeah that's important too. The company culture. I, th- I feel like the, a brewery would be a, a cool place to work and probably not a lot of turnover. Um, I could No, be we wrong,
1: haven't had <clears throat> much turnover.
0: Yeah, it's great. You know, yeah, you, you're talking about thirty, thirty five people. You you become almost like a family at that point. Hmm. Very much so. Mean, yeah. Do you? I mean, do you do you foresee like a a halt come coming in the uh, the craft beer industry or? Do you think it's just something that's always going to be a part of the
1: what the the bubble or the shakeout?
0: Uh yeah. I mean, I just feel like like I said, craft beer. I mean, back in the day you had your your Miller light, your Coors light, um, your lager, and you know, Budweiser or whatever it might be. Uh to you, you know, you can walk in a store and there's just <clears throat> I mean, you almost can't even like take it all in because it's just so overwhelming because there's so many. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, I think that, um, I mean, when I started brewing 12 years ago, there was something like 2,500 breweries in America. And now I think we're, we've crested 8,500 might've been the last number that I saw, but I, re- I really don't know what it is today. So I don't know that it could last forever. The growth rate that it's been happening, but I, I don't necessarily think that one day it's just going to be like, poof, you know, it's all, it's all gone. I think that, um, Good beer will always prevail. I think people that are are interested in, in having good craft beer will find it and support it. So,
0: yeah, I think you're right. And as much as like it just, it's kind of becomes part of uh, the community. And also, it's it's not like you make one thing and it has to stay like that forever. You can pivot. And, no, and,
1: I, and I honestly, like I, you know, I, I don't think that. Miller Lite or Bud Light or, or or Coors Light, Miller Bud or Coors are are, are going to go anywhere either. Excuse no. me. Um, I I just don't. I think that over time business ebbs and flows, and people's interests ebb and flow. And I think that craft is beyond an experiment now, and I think it's definitely here to stay.
0: And you said you've been brewing professionally for twelve years now. <clears throat> and when I saw your title, I didn't really put together that you would be. A brewer, I, you know, you said brewing operations. Obviously, you had a background in. It. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know it was that that intensive. And you started talking about how you were very hands-on into you know the brewing process. Like, was that? I mean, you know, I, I don't know how old you are, but you know, when I was growing up, um, you know, being a brewer was not uh, something you went to college for, or even in science classes. Something you can be like, oh, I could you take this what this what I'm learning and apply it to, you know, brewing. Sure. So, I mean, I mean, was this something that, you know, you, did you have a background in science and you were able to apply it to what you're doing now? And how did that all work?
1: So I, I am pretty young. I'm I'm 31 years old. I started brewing professionally when I was in college, but my brewing um, predates that my father was a home brewer. So I started home brewing with my dad when I was about 17, 18 years old. And it was something that just piqued my interest. And I went to, I went to school, I have a degree in uh, environmental studies, business, and sociology from Albright College, which is in Reading, Pennsylvania, which isn't overly far away from from you. And uh, while I was at Albright, I just sort of was like, well, it'd be neat to go work at a brewery and see what that's like. And I, I fell in love with it. I I called every brewery within a hour drive, hour and a half drive of Reading, Pennsylvania and finally I've gotten in at uh, the Rock Bottom which was in the King of Prussia Mall at the time um, with Brian McConnell who now um, owns the Sterling Pig Brewery in Media, Pennsylvania and uh, yeah got my foot in the door and held on for dear life.
0: Just like that, that's it
1: That was it, now we're here now there was, a, there was a few other stops along the way. I, I brewed for um, Saucony Creek, which was in Kutztown okay. or is in Kutztown. Uh, I brewed for Maniunk in Philadelphia. Oh, cool. I was the head brewer at Kane, K-A-N-E, you know, on the um, Jersey Shore. And uh, I got headhunted from there to open up Tired Hands, the fermenteria. I was the uh, brewery operations manager there. And I uh from there left to start a consulting company. And that was where I found uh new trail in its infancy.
0: So when you had a consulting company, was that just consulting
1: breweries? Yeah, consulting breweries. I I mean I did breweries, I did a um salary <coughs> as well. Okay. Yeah.
0: Now I mean what about new trail kind of took you out of like I mean, do you still consult or are you just your full time uh, I
1: Neutral? would like to say that I still consult, but Trail has sort of taken that uh, part of my life. It's been so hectic at Trail that I, I don't really have the time, but I do have a passion for uh, startup breweries. I, I think it's a lot of fun to uh, kind of help them from, you know, words on a paper to putting beer in a glass.
0: What would you say is the hardest part? I mean, you know, starting um, a brewery, let's say someone's listening right now, and they're they're they they love brewing beer um they don't know where to start. they would love to see themselves have a small brew pub that maybe grows into something that new, tr- new trail is now um you know what what kind of uh educational insight could you could you give that person?
1: Do a lot of reading. I think that there's a lot of really great information out there, um not only on uh starting breweries but owning small businesses. I'd say the number one uh, problem that startup breweries have is finding sufficient funding. So um, there's a lot of ways to, to skin a cat. Um, but I, I would not cut corners on the quality of beer, you know, trying to set up the brewery so that it makes the best quality beer. That means buying the best possible equipment, finding the, the best brewer that you can find. That means giving them enough space and, and providing them with the, the tools that they need to make beer.
0: Would you um <clears throat> encourage people in college right now or um, you know heading to college or not knowing what they want to do in life to you know get into the uh, industry of brewing uh
1: yeah I think that um, brewing is uh, creative and uh, requires a lot of um, like you said it it requires science but it's really applied science it's not sitting there and working out a chemistry problem on on a on a piece of paper or anything like that it's a lot of understanding it's applied physics it's applied chemistry it's applied biology so it does that but it also is a lot of problem solving it's being able to um figure out uh an order of operations, right? How is the most efficient way to set up my day so that I can make the the best quality product while not, you know, killing myself with a 16 hour day. So I, I think it's a fun career. Yeah.
0: Where do you think you'd be if you weren't um, a brewery consultant or at New Trail right now?
1: Oh, what would I do? <laughs> well, I think yeah, where uh, would you be? <clears throat> where would I be? Uh, you're a young, you're a young man. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I am a young man. If I hadn't found brewing, what, are you asking if I hadn't found brewing, what I what would I be doing? Or yeah, are you, yeah, are you yeah. asking where I would like to be right now?
0: <laughs> well, no, you're happy at New Trail. You're happy with what you're doing right now. We're not going to get away from that. We won't deviate from that. But yeah, I mean, like, um,
1: I, I think that I I could have been a mason, or I would have been working with um heavy machinery as a rigger. I, I found that I have a, a very um, I have an aptitude for uh handling large equipment. So <laughs> I think that's where I would have ended up. But uh I will say that 18-year-old me going to college thought that I was going to save the world and save the environment. So who knows where where I would have been if I if I uh, hadn't found brewing. Yeah, you know it's funny when you're you're that young, you, you know, your parents tell
0: you you can do whatever you want and be whatever you want and then, you know, you get to college and you find beer and you find girls and Yeah, you never know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, well, it turns out my parents like beer a lot, so I, I I don't think I disappointed them there. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's funny. Yeah, Yeah, I I just
0: uh, I always find it interesting to see like you know where people are now, you know where they and where they started. Like, I never feel like people are in what they are, what they're in today. You know, based on what they thought they were going to do as a kid in high school or whatever.
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, I, I didn't think that I was going to brew beer professionally the first time that I brewed beer, but it's a, it's a cool craft. I will say, you know, it was, um, more similar to the American apprenticeship, I will say, than, than going through like a traditional degree. Like, you know, while I do have a bachelor's degree, none of it really has to do with brewing. It was all um, my time spent at rock bottom, at, you know, as an intern, and then eventually as um, an assistant brewer, and just working my way up. So spending spending time with with a tradesman who's been in the industry for years and years and years is invaluable in something like this.
0: It's it's funny too. You, it, it's like you go brewing beer is a craft, right? And <clears throat> I feel like we've we've lost a lot of um, you know trade jobs and people doing those kind of jobs. Um, you know, masons and, and electricians sure. and plumbers and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I, I would say to you know my son, um, if you want to go be a plumber, you know, go to school to be a plumber. Like right. those guys get out of school right now, and you know, or they they just learn on the job. Yeah, and,
1: and trade like trades like that make yeah really really great money. You know,
0: great money, and there's not a lot of debt coming yeah, out of what they're. Not they're, you know, really.
1: I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, like,
0: you now you say you're 31. I just turned 39. Like, my parents, and <clears throat> no fault of theirs, but and my dad, uh, when he was alive, he was a, a surveyor. And sure. um, he always used to, like, take me out on jobs and I'd help him hold the, the, I guess what's called a prism or something. I can't even remember at this point, but it's not, it was not what I wanted to do with my life. And I think he tried to, like, encourage me to kind of do it. And, you know looking back I you know if he was still alive this day I probably would have regretted it more or maybe I would have tried to go in that field um, but you know he was a it was an associate's degree and he was a surveyor ma- making good money and he could you know make made money on the side and um I just feel like a lot of that stuff is kind of kind of lost and we were, we were no, told, I mean, my, like
1: my dad was a, a hardscaper he owned a, a landscaping business so we okay. we primarily like laid patios or um, did uh retaining walls or things like that as opposed to like a guy that comes in and mulches and, 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 um, mows lawn. So I think I learned a lot from my father that way. I learned, you know, I learned, um, a hard work ethic. I, you yeah. know, there's things today that I just like, I was talking about doing heavy machinery. You know, I was running a skids here when I was 12 years old, you know, when I was 16, I'd had my, we were just telling this story the other day I was uh, 16 years old. I had just had, my license for 2 weeks and in the winter when you own a landscape business you run plows in the winter cuz it's the the way to make money yep and my dad had me driving a f550 with you know five guys in it down 202 to um the westchester mercedes-benz dealership to plow that lot and he you know he pulled me aside before he put me in the truck he's like well don't hit a car because you're not going to college if you hit a car (laughs) so you know i i became uh i became very focused that day i'd say (laughs) that's funny yeah
0: that's really funny yeah uh yeah but i was i was gonna have before too is like we were told like you know kind of work smarter not harder like sure, don't break your back like use your brain go to college and we were we were fed that whole like go to high school get good grades and get into a college and when you get, get do well in college and like you'll graduate and you'll get a great job and you'll have the house and a white picket fence and everything's gonna be great and you know money this and money that like mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I don't think that's how I mean for some people I think it that worked out but I mean that's <laughs> a i don't know it's it's a weird thing to think about this like you know where we currently are you know in my age and, like so you're a little younger than I am but even people like five years ago than me, it's like we were kind of fed that like this, I think fake sense of opportunity. And I, I don't but, know if it's, it's not our parents' fault. It's not, that's just no, how think, society I was. Think was and,
1: I think it was it definitely uh, part of like social norms and societal pressure. I, you know, I'll say that I was very um, jaded about having a college degree for the first two or three years out of college when I was, you know, just a brewer it's like why did I go to school and spend all this money and I'm in a tremendous amount of debt to to you know add to make sugar water and and throw flowers into sugar water and then clean it all up and it's got nothing to do with my degree and I could have been doing this and making way more money if I'd started younger. And the more and more I've I've you know I've gotten older and I've been further and further away from my uh, my college years. I, I think that uh, college definitely. Allowed me to to learn to think differently, to pro- problem problem solve and and approach situations differently. And you know, now that I'm I'm in management, that I own a business, I definitely value having a, a degree or a or, or background in business because I wouldn't have been as far along as I am in that sort of line of thought had I not had a solid base for it. You know, because I don't really like in high school are like, here's business 101. They, you know, they basically explain what capitalism is and maybe how to balance a checkbook if you're lucky. And they're like, all right, see you later.
0: Why are we we not being taught that in high school though? Like why are we not being taught more like, you know, transferable skills in high school? Like to be told at 18 that like you need to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life at 18 is insane to me. Yeah. It's not fair. And it's just like, you know, making a decision of you know being in that kind of debt too, and it's just yeah. Crazy. I think
1: that's I think that's actually more of what it is than anything else. It's not necessarily telling them what to do, what they have to do, but really the amount of yeah. At Eighteen years old, you really have no concept of money. I mean, like oh. I, I worked, I, you know, I worked in restaurants or or whatever. You know, growing up, I, I you know I look back on it now, and I, I, I you know I bought a few, you know, I, I bought and sold a few of homes, moved, and I I think about taking on a mortgage and I think about being 18 years old and signing a piece of paper, having no idea what that meant that I was taking on that amount of debt to, to go to school. Like, you know, now, I you know, people, or I worry, you know, the first few months or whatever, like, Oh my God, I put down a huge down payment on a home and I'm paying a mortgage and, and whatever, you know, just normal, normal things. And I, I think about being 18 years old and like being carefree and be like, yeah, sure. I got to sign this piece of paper and I get my financial aid and I, you know, I am gonna have a college degree, and you know what's a hundred and twenty thousand dollars? I'll I'll be. I'll you know, pay it off. Yeah, yeah no big deal. I'll be twenty two years old, but I'll, I'll figure it out then. You know, yeah. like I don't gotta worry about it for four years, and then maybe another six months after that. Yeah, fuck it, I'll figure it out later. Like, yeah, it's wild, man. It's wild. Yeah. yeah, you've got no responsibility at eighteen.
0: And I'm not I'm not knocking college completely. Like I mean, I had I mean I met my best friends in college. Sure. I mean, I think I needed those four years to like. like if you if you set if you if i was 18 years old and you just threw me into the world i definitely would have been it would have been much more difficult than having i was was at my parents house for the first year of college i actually moved out of my house my second year of college because i wanted to kind of get that you know feeling of you know being on my own and, and paying my own bills so like i wasn't you know finished with college and you know being thrown to the wolves and saying hey figure it out like i wanted to kind of sure. kind of have that and my dad was like you know why do you want to move out like you have everything you want right here and i'm like that's exactly why I want to move out like i want to have like i know you're here like if i need you yeah. you're not going to like abandon me but like i got to try and do this so i was like i mean i i love my college experience like i needed my college degree for my first job which i think catapulted my my entire career um but even like jobs I had after my first job, like I didn't necessarily need a college degree. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't have excelled at that job if I didn't have my first job, which needed a degree. So it's like yeah. you know, hindsight's 2020 kind of deal. I
1: don't know. So I think that uh you know, college education should be free, though. I mean, you should be able to get Higher education for some level of higher education, whether it's state or not. Something. At, yeah. I mean,
0: how do how do we get to be a, a a better, stronger society? And it's not by having more dumb people, it's right. by having smarter people, right? More educated people. Sure. So, I mean, there's got to be a way to figure that out. I mean, maybe it's not free, but maybe it's just. I mean,
1: every year it just goes up. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't. What do I know? I just make beer, so like I don't. I shouldn't be the guy that tells, tells people what the, what the government should do. You know, my opinion is that I think that uh, I think that uh, there's certainly a better starting place for, for people to get to. And I think that, you know, as a society, we should value, you know, young people and Mm -hmm. we should value their education. So whatever whatever that means, you know, at 18, all of a sudden you're, you're an adult and you're off, off on your own in the world and you could be you know, going to going to school to get a trade or going to school to get a bachelor's degree or something. But I, you know, I don't. Ultimately, at 18, eighteen years old, I don't think you have the financial wherewithal to to make those sorts of decisions. No, no, we'll leave it at that. At least most people, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, sure. Why
0: well, not? You you don't want to get into saving the world because we don't have the answers.
1: <clears throat> I thought I did at eighteen. Yeah,
0: you you make beer and I sell T-shirts, so. is that what you do i work at a company i mean so i started my career and this isn't about me but we'll get into it um at an arts and entertainment weekly called the weekender which was um considered the bible uh when it came to you know things to do and you know events concerts the bar scene you name it. it was a weekly free newspaper and bars paid to put ads in there. It was free for, you know, consumers to pick up, but the advertiser specials, you know, who was playing on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, or Saturday night. Um, it was really a great product, but you know, enter the internet and social media. Uh, people started advertising their, their goings-on, you know, on their free Facebook page. They felt that they didn't need traditional media. And I mean, traditional print media is not what it used to be by any means. So I started as an intern at the weekender, uh, in 04. Then I went to into my internship was marketing. So I got into marketing and sales and then I was in sales and I was a sales director. And then I was the general manager of the weekender before I moved on, uh, into my career in radio. So I was selling advertising on radio channels and, uh, oh. outdoor billboards. Um, and then I was actually hosting a radio show, uh, oh, Highlighting local artists uh, on Saturday nights. So, as an extension of you know featuring the artists on Saturday, I was you know 13, thirteen, fourteen artists uh, every Saturday night from nine to ten o'clock. I started a podcast as an extension of that called it was, the show was called Alt Natives. So I started a podcast called Alt Natives After Hours because I wanted to kind of provide a platform. For the artists, like you know, I could play their music, but also I wanted to get to know them. I wanted the people to be able to sure. get to know them and give them a platform where they could talk about themselves and how they started. You know, you can do a, a radio interview that's you know two minutes long. It's like, okay, well, how did you guys start? You know, when's your next show? And instead, cookie cutter bullshit. You know, right. that no one cares about. Am I going to plug something
1: too? So what's that? They have to plug something too. Yeah, right? yeah. Really so good.
0: I wanted to kind of do a, a, the podcast as an extension of it to. Um you know give them the opportunity to you know have it for their own content, but also you know be able to talk about who they are, not only as musicians but you know we're talking about you for the past almost hour about how you kind of got into your career. I wanted to be able to do that with them and then <clears throat> the station wanted to reformat and they went from an alternative station to like um like a nineties and now type of format going cool. to try and target women so they put the show on hiatus. I'm not an idiot. I knew what that meant. It's like telling your kid, like, you know, we'll see or or maybe. Um, maybe. Exactly. Thank yeah, you. Um, <clears throat> so it's okay. such a powerful uh, phrase, you know, mm-hmm. because it gets them out of your hair for that, that moment. And you hope they forget. So they told me that. And I'm like, I, I'm not a three-year-old child. I'm not a four-year-old child. I know what that means. Um, so uh, I started this. I figured I could at least do this um and continue doing a you know providing a platform where they could talk about you know, who they are what they do and
1: sure.
0: i didn't want to limit it to just musicians i wanted to kind of open it up to right. other people too because i'm i'm curious I, I i like hearing people's stories um i created a name for myself i mean not that i'm anybody special um but people have an idea of who i am and around this area at least, and. I've been able to create something, I think, that people enjoy. Um, yeah. I just won an award recently for... Oh,
1: congratulations.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that to for any accolades. It's just, you know, it just, it's, a, it's a feel-good thing, and I like doing it. I mean, I don't get paid to do it. It's just something I'm passionate about. But back to the question that you asked, you. what do I do now? I work for uh, a company called Axelrad Screen Printing and, um, uh, and Embroidery. Um, they've been around since 2003, um, they opened up a <clears throat> brick and mortar store. I think it was 2008 or nine and they moved in 2015 maybe. And we just moved again uh, just this year in March. Um, we expanded again, um, but I knew them from working at the weekender. Um, you know, we, I, I partnered with them back in uh, last year. I created a campaign called shirts for the scene. Um, working for local bands. I, I we, we opened up a store where I just took every every band's like logo, put it on a shirt, and like you could go and buy, you know, let's just call it New Trail. You go and buy New Trail's you know shirt in the store, and um, the proceeds from that shirt would go back to you or go to oh, New
1: Trail, yeah. right? Exactly. That's
0: cool. Because yeah, I mean they were they couldn't play, they they had no yeah, you sure. know, no income, so it was, it was an opportunity for me to kind of help them. My thought was like you know, when you're doing a benefit and what's the first thing you do, you try and find entertainment so that people come and, you know, donate their $10, right. see a band and they do it all the time without question, um, without hesitation. And they never ask for anything in return, you know, and it's, uh, so I was like, I wanted to do something for them. And when the show was canceled too, I was like, I was like, I was lost. I was like, I, I need them more than they need me to be honest. But, but yeah. So I work at Axel Red and printing books fair. You know, we do a lot of, uh, Great things there. We've printed merch for Slayer, uh, Elton John, Breaking Benjamin, oh. Pold, you name it. Um, great group there. And uh, similar to you guys, we're probably about 25, 30 employees. That's awesome. Uh, close family. Um, but yeah. That's cool. That's my story. Yeah, man. But I don't need to be, I don't have. need to agree to do what I'm doing now. I just need to agree to start my career.
1: So. Yeah. That's, that's that. a really cool story. Yeah. It seems like a cool company too
0: it's awesome yeah it really is it's a lot of
1: fun too but
0: but listen let me uh let me have uh let me let you have some of your night back um as far as new trail brewing company goes uh what can we expect i mean this is it's it's november now it's technically it's december especially by the time this is released which is probably next week so we'll be in december when this is released you know what can we expect from you know new trail this year and any any big plans for you know
1: 2022 sure so i mean we're uh we are constantly, like you said, releasing a new beer every week. So you said this will air what date? It'll probably be next week. Um, week? Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday next week. I'm pull up my calendar. So we uh, next week we release Lift Pass, which is a hazy single IPA with white wheat and primarily hopped with El Dorado. So I'd say it's a little bit more lemony, but it's you know, brewed for this time of year and people trying to get out on the slopes. And um, we call it a lift pass beer because people, you know, sort of sneak things on the on the <laughs> ride. So never. Yeah, right. Never. I've never done that. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have chocolate covered pretzel releasing next week, which is a Baltic style porter with um, chocolate and salt. But uh, I'd say that you can look for a number of winter-themed releases from us over the next four or five weeks, including beers like Toboggan, which is a a new beer this year, Icicle, which is a fan favorite, Snow Angel, Cryosphere, which was all released last year, and Whiteout, like we talked about earlier. Now, I did
0: see, I think, um, Mm -hmm. cookie-inspired milkshake IPAs. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was uh, Black Friday. We released those beers, so we released three beers at our tasting room, which are all sold out at this point. Or by the oh, time, never mind, was. forget yeah. it. Yeah, but they're they're neat beers. They're uh, they're milkshake IPAs, which are IPAs brewed with um, lactose and vanilla. And there was uh, the base beer, which is holiday cookie, which is just lactose and vanilla. And then there was snickerdoodle, which was lactose, vanilla, and cinnamon. And then coconut macaroon, which was lactose, vanilla, and coconuts.
0: Those uh, milkshake IPAs are always very interesting. I was first introduced um, to that style of beer, I think, by Southern Tier.
1: Oh, yeah, they had that um, whole series. series, Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then uh, Brewdog had a couple as well.
1: Yeah. I actually brewed the first milkshake IPA in America. Get out of here. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Tired Hands, uh, sort of iconic size the style so we we were the first ones to call it a milkshake ipa oh shit that's great yeah that's cool yeah so we brewed a strawberry milkshake ipa at the time
0: so if if you were to end your career now would that be like your pat on the back like i was the first one ever
1: (laughs) I really hope not. Um, I uh, I hope that if I had to end my career right now, that people would remember me for a gold medal for uh, for an American style pilsner, the, for a milkshake IPA. There but we go. All right. I think that uh, I think that milkshake IPA is certainly a little bit more popular or trendy right now. So a gold medal, right? What you say? A gold medal for the pilsner? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, something to hang your hat on. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. Definitely. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you've had a a great career so far. And you're a young man, Thank 31 you. years old. I uh, I can only imagine you'll do much greater things. Maybe maybe two gold medals. Yeah, I
1: yeah I have a couple. So. You have a couple? Yeah, I have a couple. That's great. Yeah. You don't
0: you're so modest too. You don't even talk about them.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, you know, if I were to be aware of them right now, I'd be like, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah you should tell my girlfriend that. <laughs> I can hear you just
0: just got kicked. (laughs) She's like, you (laughs) got such a big head. I'm like, no, I don't. (laughs) Obviously he doesn't. If he did, he'd be wearing those medals right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mike, listen, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, I I love learning about, you know, uh, you know, local people doing really cool things and like I said yeah. add in add in value to the world around them and
1: no, I, think, I, I had a great time on the on the show so I'd be happy to come back or oh or, yeah
0: I'm, I'm, I hope you did I mean like I said it's is, this is um, a passion project for me um I don't get too tied up into you know follows and listeners and things like that of course I would you know want um the the following that Joe rogan or someone else like that has but i'm just a little guy from northeastern pennsylvania who once had a radio show and just trying to, to highlight people around the area that are doing cool things so again thank you mike Larosa from new trail brewing the director of brewing operations where can people find new trail on social media and the internet in general
1: uh, at new Trail brewing primarily for our instagram and our facebook uh yeah and then you can find us at www.neutralbrewing.com as well. Very cool. We're currently in the process of revamping our website, so hopefully that'll be up and running. I think in two or three weeks. So I feel like everyone is revamping the website. Whatever you talk to them, ours whatever. is really good right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. No, whenever, <laughs> no, whenever you talk <laughs> to anybody,
0: people huh? they have a website that's a year old, and they're like. No, we're only two years old. <laughs> our, the yeah, is like item. three
1: years old. It's like a landing page. It's like, we're Neutral Brewing. Here's our Instagram feed and here's our hour. See you later.
0: Yeah, so, so I mean, the, the, you have a tasting room, so people can yep. come visit tasting room.
1: Yep, so we're um, opening the tasting room Wednesday through Friday from 3 to 10pm, Saturday from 12 to 10pm, and then Sunday from 12 to 6.
0: Cool. And then um, I, I think I saw somewhere that you like partner with like food trucks or is there? A- yeah, so we
1: have a, we do bring in food trucks there. There is one that's parked there uh, permanently right now. It's a Real Taste, which is a local um, Mexican food truck, uh taqueria truck. He rotates his menu. So it rotates. It's primarily uh, Mexican and tacos, but it uh, rotates. It's been everything from burgers and cheesesteaks to uh, he had an Asian uh, centric menu recently so it was like lo mein and there was some sushi and stuff like that on there too so he very tries cool. to switch it up pretty frequently
0: very cool well visit neutral Brewing Company and Lumen Sport visit them online you can find them in uh, your local beer distributor thanks to LT Verastro. Uh, I wish um, your girlfriend's laugh is very infectious and I wish I was funnier I wish we were funnier yeah. uh, <laughs> because listening to her laugh it makes me happy <laughs> Yeah, gonna she's got a good laugh. Yeah. Very good. So thank thank you too. Thank you for joining us.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, man. Well, um, I'll have to get out there and visit. I mean, yeah, it's not, for sure. it's not that far. Know. But I, it was a joke too. I always say like <clears throat> it's amazing how when you talk about a brewery or a brew pub, um, it's uh it's okay to bring a child. And it's it's the same it's, it's essentially the same atmosphere as a bar, but just better lit and probably better food and things like that.
1: But you would never take a, a
0: ch- you'd never take a child to a bar.
1: Yeah, we, we have a saying for that, actually. We, we are dog-friendly as well. Okay. So people, you know, they message in on Facebook or Instagram or they'll call us and they say, are, are you dog-friendly? We're like, yeah, we're, we're dog-friendly. You know, leashed and well-behaved dogs are welcome. Same goes for children.
0: <laughs> I remember my kid wasn't even one years old yet. And we were, so we went with my wife to uh, Cape May, but she was pregnant for her, her baby moon. And we decided to go back uh, the following year with my son, who was at the time almost one. And I, I called Cape May Brewing Company up and I said, Hey, listen, um, are kids frowned upon, or if I bring our, our child in there, w- will I get the side eye? And they're like, Oh no, no. Bring the kid.
1: Yeah. Saturday is like kind of like daycare day. At the brewery, yeah.
0: so. It just, it's amazing. I mean, obviously like, you know, I, if I'm there with a child, I would probably have a beer, right? I'm not going to get crazy because I'm a responsible adult.
1: Be um, surprised. <laughs>
0: but no, I'm just saying, you. you we have that's gummies. acceptable.
1: We yeah, gummies. Morgan Morgan works in oh, our yeah. tasting room.
0: We have gummies or cookies for the children, <laughs> and we have like treats for the, the dogs.
1: Dogs. But, yeah, so it's. I you know, just think it's funny because you would bring never. Your kids, I, if you're going to bring your kid to the brewery, well, we're just going to load been, them up with sugar right I when I they leave. leave so sugar, and I'm going to love them, and I'm going to. <laughs> Want to kiss them? i want
0: to give them sugar. So you have a built-in babysitter. Yeah. Neutral, neutral no, no, brewing. No, no, no,
1: no, no. Oh no no, 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 no! no, we're going to give them sugar as no. you're walking out the door. Oh, bar. okay. I, I, got you. You. I got you. I got you. Kind of like the bank. Here's a lollipop.
0: <laughs> this is what happens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Goodbye.
0: I just think it's amazing. You, know, you, you never do that at a bar. You would never you, take a kid to no, a bar. But. I love all the children and all the dogs that come into our. You'd be surprised. Our room. Like right. I want to love every child and every dog that comes in that door. It yeah, sounds like right. a babysitter's club. I mean, I don't know. I just said, that's what it yeah, sounds like. No, my, no. Parents, my parents give, brought me to the bar. Give so me all and look your me loving. Now. VFW, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you both so much. I really yeah. appreciate your time yeah. and I uh, appreciate getting to know you and finding out more about neutral brewing company and uh, hopefully I'll see you soon. For sure. All right, man. Thanks a lot. See you. Soon. All right. See you.